1: In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com goodfootball and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey... You can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com goodfootball. G-O-O-D-F-O-O-T-B-A-L-L. Thanks for your help.
2: You beautiful people out of the internet and welcome back to another episode of the Old Football Podcast. My name is Josh Norris. Say it with me. This is and welcome to the most important podcast in the universe. Thank you so much for checking out our Tuesday episode with Ray. Thank you so much for checking out Ray's episode on Thursday with Richard and Nick. You can check out all their content, all those episodes up on old and subscribe here. Subscribe on Spotify, really whatever platform you use. All these episodes can be found on them. We also have a show for you every Sunday. Did you know that? Did you know that Roto-World has a YouTube page? Go and check it out. Just search RotoWorld, click that subscribe button, and every noon or every Sunday at noon Eastern, we spend 45 minutes heading into kickoff. It's really a kickoff show, a pregame show, that you actually might enjoy. Um, you get to hang out with the RotoWorld football crew, 45 minutes. Again, RotoWorld world Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Later on this episode, we'll have Patrick Doherty on to talk about his rankings, but right now, I have Evan Silva. Evan, I'm not going to spend a lot of time before we get to these players. I just have one simple question. Um, since it is the season, I, I wonder, and I asked myself this driving home today. Have you ever tried anything pumpkin spice flavored?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, um, well <laughs> I mean, I ate like pumpkin pie.
2: No, 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 no. I don't mean like legit. Food. I mean pumpkin spice infused flavors and other things. Do you know what I mean? Like there's pumpkin spice coffee. There's pumpkin spice donuts. There's pumpkin spice beer. There's all that kind of stuff.
1: Um I'm gonna lean no.
2: Okay. Which you know what? If I were a betting man, I would have put money on that side. So I'm glad I know you pretty well, Evan Silva. Evan Scott Silva. Uh okay, Evan. You wanted to talk about CJ Bethard. Um I want to talk about C.J. Beathard because when Jimmy Garoppolo went down, you know, a lot of people were invested in this offense uh, in terms of fantasy players. I'm not saying that there hasn't been a change or a drop-off or whatever word you want to use, but this offense is still certainly capable to support fantasy assets with C.J. Beathard at quarterback.
1: Yeah, and one thing that they have really uh, placed an emphasis on is because, you know, C.J. Beathard is kind of like RG3 in that he takes these just thundering hits in the pocket. I mean, I think that he like innately lacks some sort of pocket awareness gene or whatever that is. You know, that unquantifiable uh, skill. I think that Kyle Shanahan knows that. And in his first two starts, and I actually haven't even checked on it uh, through uh, three starts, but I know that in his first two starts, because I wrote about it last week, um, he had the quickest time to throw in the NFL hmm. at uh, 2.3 seconds, uh, getting the ball out. And Bill Walsh, you know, used to talk about it. seconds was the, you know, the you wanted to get it out in 2.5 seconds. But he was getting it, C.J. Beathard has been getting it out in 2.3 seconds. So he he was really doing a good job of getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And then Marquise Goodwin comes back last week, and they start hitting some shot plays. And that's fun, man. Um, And one thing that we have not seen yet from C.J. Beathard, um, although he's kind of flirted with it, is him using his athleticism He's made eight career starts and he scored four rushing touchdowns. He ran in the four sixes coming out of Iowa Uh, through eight career starts. He's averaged over 20 rushing yards per game. That's always a great little sneaky way to tack points onto your uh, total uh, as a quarterback. Uh, And, you know, this game has a big Vegas total. uh, And,. You know, the, the 49ers are going to have to score points in this game. And the Rams have, been, Rams have been giving up points. The Rams have given up over 27 points per game over their last three since Aqib Tlaib uh, went out for the year. Marcus Peters has been trying to play injured ineffectively. Uh, Sam Shields, you know, coming back from, like, retirement basically has been ineffective. Um and you know Kyle Shanahan is just one of the best schemers in the NFL and he can maximize your strengths and he can minimize your weaknesses and the other day I uh, reread Peter King's
2: yeah I was going to bring this up
1: on yeah uh, on the 2017 draft which really is one of the best football articles you know uh, that has come out in the la- like since I started writing about football I mean yeah we it, we it, don't it, get it's, to it's, see
2: a look into a team's yeah. process especially towards the end of their draft window, like we got to see with that piece.
1: Yeah. And it was so cool. I tweeted it out. I was glad that uh, Peter saw that I tweeted it out and he, you know, quote tweeted it or whatever. Um, But man, it's still, I went back and reread it and, you know, in it um, Kyle Shanahan compares CJ Beathard to Kirk Cousins. Hmm. Um, And I'm not sure. I think that they're a little bit different players, but you know, uh, they have, they both have great toughness. They're battlers from the, the Big Ten. And C.J. Beathard has taken a step forward in his second NFL season. We, You know, I kind of ignored it, and I'm kicking myself, because I thought he looked better in the preseason this year. Uh, but I was kind of down on him uh, to finish last season. And so I, it's really taken me until now to really come around to the fact that he's made progress. But I think that his progress was, is legitimate. George Kittle... Um, You know, his shower buddy is uh, in his second year. Their offensive line is better. Um, You know, uh, uh, Pierre Garçon is healthy, although he's not doing very much, but at least he's out there. You know, he's better than what they were trotting out Kendrick Bourne last year. And Marquise Goodwin uh, is finally kind of healthy. So um, I I like C.J. Beathard as a streamer. I think I'm going to play him as a DFS cash game play this week.
2: Yeah, again, oftentimes when we see a – backup quarterback coming in for someone that's paid one, so much money and two given up so much assets for, again, we we, we think that those fantasy players are just unusable in some cases. And again, this one is not, um, he was a surprise third round pick was, but still was a third round pick. And Evan, we were kind of briefly talking about possibly his long-term future. And I I mean, I kind of compare his style to what we've seen in just eight games, which is a tiny sample size, but to Ryan mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick E in terms of someone who was willing to throw the football no matter what. And sometimes it's going to turn into fantastic plays and other times he's going to shoot himself in the foot, but that's his style. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's tough to come by. You know, a lot of times when we see uh, a young quarterback, especially one who wasn't a high round pick, make mistakes, they kind of tend to shrivel up a little bit. And he's certainly not, even in that backup role. And it's really cool to see because, again, we just don't see it very often. And Kittle, man. I mean, Kittle's a top four tight end the rest of the way, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's third among all NFL tight ends in yards. Yeah. Dude, he's a great athlete.
2: He's like, we awesome. We knew that
1: based on his Spark score. But, I mean, if you've seen him play, like when he's in the open field, yeah, he can run away from DBs.
2: And again, I mean, we talk about it all the time, and we talked about it with Eric Ebron because it comes up with him. It takes so long sometimes for these tight ends to develop, and so George Kittle becoming a major factor in that offense in just the second season is a real testament to him and the offense Um, because so many of these guys don't do anything until they're on their second team or on the second contract at the tight end position. Uh, Speaking of tight ends, Evan, let's go to Jordan Reed. Um, Jordan Reed, did he have a touchdown last week? Did I make that up? No, he didn't. He just had like 45 yards. He had like
1: 39 yards, Close 36. Enough. He had 36. Close it was enough. kind of a gross game.
2: unfortunately. It, it really was. Um, the yeah. first touchdown, um, went to Vernon Davis. That was a wide open play. Mm-hmm. Um, but wasn't even covered, wasn't even covered, but luckily Evan and going into that game, it was funny because everyone was hurt except for Jordan Reed. And, like, for most of his career, it's been the opposite of that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Jordan Reed, I think that he was a good process play last week, um, but he had a pretty bad result. Uh, so, you know, the first thing that stood out about him last week was the fact that just all the Redskins pass catchers were banged up. You know, Jameson Crowder didn't play. Paul Richardson did play, but he was hurt, uh, and I don't think he's going to play this week. Chris Thompson did not play. You know, Adrian Peterson, not really a pass catcher, but he was banged up. Uh, Josh Doxson is a bust, man, which is really mm-hmm. disappointing. Um, but Yet they
2: won. What's that? Yet they won.
1: Yeah, they they, they did win. It was, it was not a fun game to watch or to have fantasy investments in. But I'm going right back to Jordan Reed this week. Again, led the team in targets, had nine targets. Jameson Crowder now out multiple weeks. I don't think Paul Richardson is going to play. Chris Thompson is going to be questionable. You look at his just kind of peripheral usage from last week and um, beyond the nine targets, Jordan Reed ran 31 routes. That's his second most of the season. He also checks in as uh, the number three by low tight end in Josh Hermsmeyer's air yards model, which we've had a a lot of success incorporating into uh, our uh, analysis. The Cowboys have allowed the sixth most catches to tight ends on the year. Uh, So I think that Jordan Reed is going to continue to be heavily targeted. You know, the, the Cowboys have a great run defense this year too. It's, it's crazy. They have a great defense. They really have like a top five defense. I don't think that people realize that they've held opposing running backs to 3.3 yards per carry. Um, So I think that in order to be able to move the ball this week, the Redskins are going to have to throw it. Uh, And Jordan Reed, you know, with very little around him, I mean, it's going to be, you know, maybe Chris Thompson plays Maurice Harris, Hmm. He's going to be their new slot receiver. You know, Vernon Davis is going to be out there a little bit, although he only saw three targets last week. Um, You know, it's just not a lot of target competition. And Jordan Reed is clearly at the top of, of the totem
2: pole there. Let's close it out with Taylor Gabriel, who for his entire career has been a role player. Now, Evan, he has posted back to back 100 yard performances Caught all five of his targets last week for 110 yards. Two touchdowns the week before that. Big plays of 47 and 54 yards, including a circus grab. I mean, Taylor Gabriel is a major factor in this offense. And an offense that is scheming and creating yards, despite possibly, you know, the quarterback who could be playing better. But they're still putting up points and yards. And I think that's a testament Mm -hmm. to Matt Nagy.
1: Yeah, I agree. And Allen Robinson uh, got hurt in Wednesday's practice. He uh, suffered a groin injury. He, w- he was listed as limited on Wednesday, and then he was DNP on Thursday. Uh, I don't even necessarily know if that's a good thing for Taylor Gabriel. We, we would rather Stefan Gilmore not be attached to Taylor Gabriel this week. We'd much rather have him be on uh, Allen Robinson. Um, but, you know, we're going to find out uh, on Friday whether – Friday leading into Sunday, whether or not Allen Robinson is going to play, I'm sure that he will be listed as questionable. Um, but yeah, Taylor Gabriel is—he's uh, a great play in this game because the Patriots' biggest weakness defensively is just how slow they are. Mm-hmm. They are a very slow-moving defense. Uh, we have profited uh, in the past off of you know realizing that and attacking them with fast players. You know, of course, it was Tyreek uh, last week. A lot of people thought that. Um, Tarek Cohen would be like Matt Nagy's version of uh, Tyreek, uh, but it's really been Taylor Gabriel. Um, and I mean, I can't say that I anticipated that, but here we are now in Week Seven, and I think that that's uh, pretty clear. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, if you just go back to the, the Bears' last three games and isolate them, um, Taylor Gabriel leads the team in air yards. He's top ten in the NFL hmm. uh, in air yards, over 300 air yards. On the season, he leads the team and targets inside the 10 yard line, which is not something that you would usually associate with someone who's, you know, 5'9, 180 soaking wet. Uh, but but that's the, the fact for, for Taylor Gabriel. He beat up so badly on Tory McTyre, uh, the Dolphins, like I, number four corner. I been don't know who before.
2: that is. I evaluate yeah, draft prospects, I, and I don't know who Tory McTyre is.
1: I had kind of heard his name uh, before entering last this season, but. Um, I really came to know who he was, uh, during this training camp because he's one of the guys that the Dolphins beat writers really talked up, uh, during training camp. Uh, so is Uh, he the
2: defensive back version of like (laughs) a
1: Either way, I like to see him out there because he gets dusted Uh, and Taylor Gabriel (laughs) beat up on him so badly last week. They had to bench him. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think that I, I, and this game has a pretty high total, 49 points. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about Taylor Gabriel this week. I'm starting him wherever I have.
2: Nothing has really changed in Taylor Gabriel's game, right? It's, it's just the usage that has been so good? Well, he's
1: always been like a low-volume, deep threat. Yeah, and I really a big-play guy
2: for since he's gotten opportunities.
1: The guy who really originally discovered him was Kyle Shanahan yep. in Cleveland. And, um, you know, uh, brought him to Atlanta, yep. but, but even Kyle Shanahan never, you know, identified him as a guy that he wanted to funnel targets to, he would be a, you know, a situational lid lifter kind of guy, you know, or he, he'd run like clear out routes every once in a while, they'd, you know, shoot t- something to him off play action, but he's an actually big part of the bears offense. And that's really good for fantasy.
2: Uh, you did mention Tariq Cohen, and I did a video on him this week. And he, I mean, his usage has improved a lot, too. Um, up from 32% to 49% in terms of plays. Over the last two contests, he's averaged nine carries for 42 yards, eight targets, seven catches, 105 yards receiving. I mean, maybe you disagree, but I think there's an argument to be made that, again, since the offense performed so well in the last two games, that having Tariq Cohen on the football field is a major contributor to that. Or it could also be who they have faced as well. But um, it'll be interesting to see how they move forward with the Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard backfield, and also getting Taylor Gabriel more and more involved, especially like you mentioned with Allen Robinson uh, possibly being banged up. Evan, I forgot to mention that your matchups column is up on RotoWorld right now. Every single fantasy-relevant player is covered in it. Go and check it out. I'm sure you do. But if you never have and you've like, been overwhelmed by the thousands and thousands of words are in it they should take a look shouldn't they Evan? Please. (laughs) Evan also joins me on Sunday's episode of Roto World Live so be sure to check that out on Roto World YouTube page and coming up just after this we have Roto Pat so stick around. You listeners listen to me right now thank you for doing that already but I need to tell you about Draft.com our friends over at Draft.com you hear me talk about them all summer long and before I get to the goodness that is Draft let me tell you that when you download the app on the app store or Google play and enter promo code rotor world. You get a free $3 entry. So what can you do with that $3 entry? Well, I'm looking at draft.com right now. They have entries for a dollar, $3, $5, $10, six entrant leagues, 10 entrant leagues, three entrant leagues. I mean, they even have a first down territory, which is a six person draft tournament for $25,000, another for 30,000, another for 33,000. Look, Draft.com is different than any other DFS platform that you use. Instead of salary cap, you do what the website indicates. You draft one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers slash tight end. So you'll have a whole different combination of players than you use on other DFS platforms. Again, go to draft.com slash RotoWorld or download the app and use promo code RotoWorld. Enter some money and you get a free $3 entry. There you go. All right, Patrick Doherty is here. Um, Pat, since the people want to get to know you a little bit more, and I do as well, I know that you're somewhat of a scholar. Yeah? <laughs> so let's educate the people a little bit more, okay? Tell me a book that you believe every human in North America should read.
0: Wow. Um was not prompted for this. Um, I've read nope. a lot of really great books. For some reason, the first book that came to mind, um, you know, we're living in fraught political times, and uh the first book that came to mind was What It Takes by Richard Ben Kramer, which was like a travel diary basically of the nineteen eighty-eight presidential campaign. He embedded himself with like uh every major candidate that year, George Bush, Michael Dukakis, Joe Biden, Bob Dole, and uh basically gave a good look into uh like human frailty uh, these people are not any different than us. They're very ambitious creatures. Um, same motivations and desires as all of us. And we probably shouldn't put them on such a pedestal uh, and that sort of thing. Not like the most ringing endorsement. Like, I don't know how it's yeah. just an amazing book. Uh, definitely. It's, Oh, it's a thousand pages long though. So yeah.
2: Uh, Vegas had the odds that minus 1000, you would bring up a political
0: book. So, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Uh, Richard no Kramer one wrote, wrote an amazing book on Ted Williams, by the way, if you don't want to read politics. He's one of the greatest writers ever. Uh, a baseball on, player? Y- yeah. Are you Is the one where
2: his head was frozen?
0: That's Is that literally all you know about Ted Williams? Uh, yep. And, for, and Red Sox? Uh, yes. Greatest hitter of all time also. And also a world- like. Did a, you see him? Have you seen uh, him play? A world-class fighter pilot, a world-class fisherman, a world-class uh, horse's ass. And Richard Ben Kramer, just an incredible writer. Uh, You should read the Ted Williams book. If you don't want to read a thousand page political book,
2: Pat, how do you know if he's the greatest hitter ever? If you didn't watch him play,
0: you know, uh, statistics, the great, especially baseball. That's one really huge advantage baseball has over football and like even basketball and hockey is the stats. You can really pretty easily normalize them by era. Like things change a lot in baseball, but they don't like the same thing. Like a a 1000 OPS is going to be good in any era. So, baseball okay. stats are like very easy to compare era to era. Let's move on to your rankings, Pat. Let's your rankings
2: are up on RotorWorld.com. We also talk about your rankings this Sunday on RotorWorld Live. Tune in noon Eastern on RotorWorld's YouTube page. Go and subscribe to that and join us on world Live. Pat, going to pick on you a little bit. You have Jameis Winston as quarterback seven. I'm sure you don't know if I think this is too high I do not. or too low. Pat, you're too low <laughs> on Jameis Winston. Um, maybe not from my seat. But you know, for my job, I have to look at other sites' rankings as well. And I've seen some sites have them all the way up at like quarterback three, Pat. So why do you have them behind the likes of like Cam Newton? I mean, it's not like there are bad quarterback situations this week, right? Let me actually pull up the quarterbacks that you have them behind. Uh, you have Patrick Mahomes, one. Matt Ryan, two. Jared Goff, three. Tom Brady, four. Kirk Cousins, five. Cam Newton, six. Then Jameis Winston. So why might you... You're not hedging at all, but why might you be slightly lower than everyone else's? And still quarterback seven is still ranked very highly. I
0: mean, th- this is not the reason I'm doing it, but I mean, we have this is like how many times have we seen Jameis Winston face plant in like a supposedly golden spot? Uh, it's a different Bucks offense this year, so I'm not terribly worried about that. But you know, it's kind of the, the, the Browns, despite getting clown suited by Phillip Rivers last week, still kind of an under the radar tough matchup for quarterbacks. Uh, they're one of only three teams. Allowing a sub 60% completion percentage, uh, allowed as many touchdowns as interceptions, nine touchdowns, nine picks. And, you know, this, this is sort of about, uh, obviously, I think he's having a good game. I have him ranked seventh, but this is kind of a lack of faith in James Winston. I mean, this could be a two or three turnover performance. I mean, in fact, I'm almost mm-hmm. certain it will be. Um, but the, it's just going to be a classic James Winston game. I think it'll be like a lot of volume. Maybe like between 290, 330 yards, hopefully two to three touchdowns and probably two to three turnovers. And it's a pretty good fantasy game. But uh, if if we're talking trust, it's a good setup for a lot of the big names this week. And I just do not trust Jameis Winston enough to vault them ahead of them is kind of what it comes down to. I like it, Pat. Uh, Let's keep it going at the running back position. I text you these names beforehand
2: because it would be fa- unfair for me just to throw them at you like I do with my other questions. Um, but one name that stood out to me, Pat, was on Johnson at running back 17. Um, this has his final ranking has a lot to do and this isn't his final ranking, but whatever it is, has a lot to do with if Theoretic plays or not. Correct. It does. Yes. Yes. Um, to me, on Johnson is someone that probably not enough people played. Uh, when he had his big game, right? But they've been kind of itching to play him at some point this season because they view him as a player with potential. Um, and in what way could this be the right week to play him? And, and what would have to happen for that to happen?
0: I mean, a theoretic sitting out would be a huge help. But uh, well, I think he has only 13 receptions all year. Uh, Carrion Johnson, you know, we've, he's eclipsed 14 touches one time. Uh, it's just not, you know, it's not enough work to be trusted as like an every week running back, too. So, obviously, the first thing is we need an increased commitment from the Lions coming off their bye week. Uh, I don't really expect that to happen necessarily. But so, even if Theoretic plays, I still have him in the top 20 just because it's such a crazy landscape at running back. But for him to be like a true, like highly trusted running back, too, this week, we're going to need Theoretic to sit out. Uh, we're going to need Amir Abdullah to not randomly catch like five passes. I think we could see that the reemergence coming we, out
2: performance in his fourth season in the NFL. We're gonna, there's
0: honestly like a well beyond 0% chance, probably 33% chance. We have like a random five to six catch Amir Abdullah game this week. So be ready for that doomsday okay. nightmare. And we did the lions, you know, they've had many different opportunities. Well, it's been two or three games now since carry on had his hundred yard game. And that didn't change anything like in the touch distribution there in the Detroit backfield. So you're going to have to just keep hedging. Even if theoretic's out, you have to kind of keep hedging carry on Johnson until the lions demonstrate a clear commitment to him being like the clear, he's going to be the touch leader, but like the clear touch leader every week. And I, I just don't until I see LeGarrette blunt phased out. I'm, I'm not going to believe it. Basically.
2: I love how you say Amir Abdullah instead of Amir Abdullah, because his career has certainly been Della Pat. Uh,
0: you, you, hopefully you can edit that out. Um oh. Uh, that's <laughs> it. Okay. Let's keep
2: it moving with someone who is super dull, by the way, yes, uh, Peyton Barber, maybe like the most dull fantasy football player out there. Um In that, like what you're hoping for is like 20 touches for 59 yards and he just falls in the end zone. Is that what we expect with him as running back 24? Because Pat, you have him over some other names that like are a little bit more exciting. Okay. Someone like Matt Breida, who you have as running back 28. Um, Someone like Chris Thompson at running back 32, even though we're not exactly sure if he's going to play or not. Yeah, that's
0: injury dependent.
2: 34, right? Latavius Murray is behind him now, but I'm sure if Dalvin Cook is out, then you move Latavius Murray ahead of him. Wendell Smallwood at running back 38. What I'm saying is there are like more exciting options after him. So why are you sticking with like the most lame football player out there in Peyton Barber at running back 24?
0: He's just undead and zombie running back to basically uh, Ronald Jones came at the King last week and he missed. Uh, it didn't yep. do anything to earn a bigger workload going forward. Peyton Barber back up to 17 touches. Uh, Peyton Barber's twenty 29th in raw touches, even though the Bucks have already had their buy. If you want to know uh, the, the Bucs' uh, commitment to Peyton Barber, the averaging 13 per game and, I just think he's still clearly going to handle seventy to eighty percent, what of the Bucks running backs touches, and it's a game with kind of a sneaky, uh, not maybe not sneaky uh, Bucks Browns forty nine point five over under could be a high scoring game, and if you're just a running back getting that kind of workload in a game with that uh, projected amount of points, you kind of you have to be ranked at a certain level, and that's the top twenty five, top twenty four RB two, so. You got to get some respect. Uh, not dying is a skill in fantasy football, and Peyton Barber uh, refuses to die. Again,
2: these are not Pat's final rankings. Pat doesn't just post them and walk away from the computer. Pat yeah. will update them throughout the weekend, labor over them on Saturday night.
0: There's going to be a lot of updating this week because running like running back after the top 10, really, like after the Sony Michelle line, it's just like the fallout zone. Yeah. Like It's just crazy injury situations, crazier than ever committee situations, crazy playing on the Buffalo bills situations. So yeah, there could be a lot of movement this week,
2: Pat. Let's close it out with Marquise Goodwin, who we've all been waiting for to have a big game. And guess what? He finally had it on Monday night, played like a ton of snaps, finally healthy, hopefully, but Pat just saying, you're not giving him his respect at wide receiver. 37 why a why is marquise goodwin all the way down the list at wide receiver 37
0: he's just stuck he's stuck in the robbie anderson zone uh, even as an explosion game he got five targets and that was a season high for targets and it stands to reason that number will increase of course because he's he presumably healthy now after spending the over the first month of the season unhealthy uh you know flashed last week uh healthy had a big game so you would like to think that number of uh, targets will go up. But, yeah, it's a, it's another thing. How high can you really rank a receiver who has not had more than five targets who is catching passes from C.J. Beathard? Um, the Rams are a deceptively good matchup. They've struggled against the pass, uh, especially since Aqib Tlaib, uh, went on injured reserve. But, yeah, it's just, to me it's a, a classic situation to hedge. Uh, wide receiver 37 means he's a guy – Right on the wide receiver three fringe. There are four teams on bye this week. Uh if you've got some guys on bye, you can put him in with like a realistic expectation of him hitting his upside, but this the downside is still all too real. So you gotta hedge the Marquis Gooden. Hopefully last week's a springboard to the good one we were all expecting. I drafted him in a ton of leagues, uh fairly high in a right. few leagues. So, you know, I want it to happen. But yeah, to me it's still just it's hedge city for now.
2: Yeah, there's like 23 names at wide receiver, maybe a little more, a little less that we're super comfortable in, depending on who is healthy. And then like you have that grouping from 30 to 37, 41, even maybe beyond that, that could have big weeks or could put up like three
0: catches. Yeah, for Wide receiver is getting like a little wide receiver is getting like a little running backy yeah. this year. Like which Jaguars receiver will get twelve targets today? Uh, <laughs> stay tuned to find out. It's when Ty Hilton the answer, is out,
2: do you really feel like starting Chester Rogers?
0: Yeah. So, but the answer, by the way, for the Jaguars is DJ Shark this week. Um, okay. Who I do not have ranked, but he's going to get twelve targets. Well, that's um, that's,
2: that's why he's going to get twelve targets because you don't. Yes, yeah, true. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, you can check out Pat on Sunday's Roto Live again noon Eastern on Roto YouTube page. We post videos up there for most of the week. So go and subscribe to that. Um, Pat updates his rankings, like I said, all weekend. So Pat, thank you very much. And to all of you out there, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, subscribe. If you are already subscribed, consider taking a couple of seconds and leaving a rate and review. We appreciate it. We'll talk to y'all soon. See ya.